What's up, people? Welcome back to Noise Advocation Podcast. I'm Ryan, here with Jeremy, as always. What up? Uh, social media stuff, to get it out of the way, you can follow us at Noise Advocation Podcast on Facebook, Noise Advocation on Instagram. Email us at noiseadvocation at gmail.com. Um, our YouTube channel is also at Noise Advocation Podcast. Pretty much if you just Google Noise Advocation Podcast, you can fucking follow us a million different ways. So go ahead and do that. Uh, my personal Instagram, you can follow me at Soundwaveslave. And you can find me at holdfast underscore 517 on Instagram. I caught you off guard there. Yeah, you caught me off guard. <laughs> I like threw you right on the spot. Uh, but anyway, uh, thank you for tuning in to the last episode. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. I know, Jeremy, you said you learned some stuff. I oh, learned it was, some uh, stuff. It was a lot of fun to uh, bounce ideas off each other and uh, get to the bottom of some of the messed up shit going on in the billboard charts and what have you. Yeah, and uh, speaking of billboard charts, so at the time of recording this, Record Store Day is two days from now, and this being released, this will be that Monday, so two days prior to. Perfect. But uh, the Taylor Swift release, man, I mean, it like 75,000 copies of that being done is absolutely absurd to me. It's ludicrous, man. I don't feel that it should have been a record store day release and they should have just like put it out as its own international release and let it go that way instead of tying up pressing plants uh, extremely limiting quantities of other things because there was a lot of stuff that only got a thousand two thousand copies pressed or whatever and i don't know i just felt like it kind of took away from the small cool thing that record store day is supposed oh, to be definitely it has and is making it more of a corporate thing that's what i think i think it's actually you know it's taking away why record store day started in the first place yeah and now you know records are selling more ever than they had since what like the 70s the 70s yeah. yeah so it's like oh they got to put their hand in there and like you said seventy five thousand copies yeah, I mean, as far as I know, that's and people like, are paying ridiculous amounts for them. I have like, yep. you know, when you throw I'm them wondering online. what the resale is going to look like on them because that one that came out for last record store day, the resale was ridiculous. But I know the quantity of it was only like less than twenty thousand. I don't remember Which the is exact still quantity. An enormous of, number yeah, to us you for know? a seven inch, especially. Like, yeah, I mean, like look at the Cure release. It's only it got ten thousand copies. Which is it's still, still a, a lot. It's still a lot, but also like to me, like the Cure's a way bigger. At one uh, point, no, they I were agree. a way bigger band. Definitely. Uh, I guess now that's not the case, really. But but what I like here's another thing I do like that bring while you bring up the Cure album is you're getting a live, previously unreleased fucking show. Yeah. Taylor Swift from Detroit. Too. Yeah, from Detroit, which makes it special for us. But Taylor Swift, you're getting this. You know, you're getting a record you can go buy later on. Yeah, it'll be done again, I guarantee it, in yeah. another color cover or something like yeah, that. Yeah, so I hate how they've basically perverted and bastardized Record Store Day with, like, all this other bullshit. Yeah, I think it should be used to highlight artists that are not nationally having billions exactly. upon billions of streams and album sales. And or at least limit them to the same conditions as like you can only have 10,000 that's the limit right something yeah. I mean that would uh, definitely settle down the madness a little bit because I mean at this year it's basically Taylor Swift day and, and ain't even fucking record I know, dude. and she was the ambassador last year yeah and you know and I've heard this argument over the last few years you know, over the internet over a vinyl community on YouTube is record store day what it once was is it what it's supposed to be and it's definitely getting away from it. And from a store owner's standpoint, like you, I'm sure it's, you know, it's even more of a pain in the ass because, like you said, you can't get the things that people want. But, you know, there's 75,000 copies of Taylor Swift out there. Yeah. And if you shop... I had a lot of people that wanted that Randy Savage record. They only did a 1,000 of them. Oh, the, um, with the... Magic friend on it. Yep. Oh, dude, I'm, but I'm one like, of those people. Yeah, they only did a thousand. I have one, and I that's seen, awesome. I seen other stores like Vertigo and yeah. Satellite and bigger stores. They only they also only have one. 
Now, I, I mean, I there's like, like 1,500 stores that participate. And there's a thousand records being released. There's 500 stores right there that aren't getting. So what yeah, they want. you're fortunate to just get the one. Yeah. Oh yeah. And but there, I seen videos of stores unboxing like literal hundreds of Taylor Swift albums, like stacks. I'm six foot four. Right. I seen stacks of Taylor Swift taller than me. That is ridiculous. Which my is friend. like hundreds upon hundreds of albums. It's ridiculous. But. But anyway, today we're not here to talk about Taylor Swift. We're here to talk about somebody who uh, actually puts in their own work without a gargantuan corporate team of marketing behind them. Today on the show, we are interviewing West Nile, which for those of you who aren't familiar, we're about to play a track here from his latest EP called Wicked Life of Crime that was produced by Stu Bangas. Uh, if you're not familiar with Stu Bangas, I mean... If you like hip-hop... yeah. You've, if you like hip hop, you've probably heard you've his beats. You've probably heard of him. Or he's, heard his beats, and yeah, and not yeah. even known it. He's worked with Apathy. He's worked with Ty Ferris. I know he's done tracks with. He's got tracks all over the place. Yeah, from, I mean, honestly, when I think of the list, we could it probably could go on for a couple minutes, really. Yeah. And if you enjoy, please like and follow his Instagram, YouTube channel as well. Yep. I'll have all of his links, including ours, also on the episode description so for anybody interested go to that follow him like him hit him up tell him you like his stuff he's a really cool guy um and he's definitely willing to talk it out with fans yeah this is a you know true artist not some uh, silly dr seuss hip-hop all right here is wicked life of crime with west nile and Stu bangers <laughs> Like a deep cut artery, familiarized with drugs, crime, and poverty. You ain't lived this life, you're rapping for the novel. Do you watch my story? Never like, why do you follow me? Militarized, criminal ties, no authority. Minimalized, storm the streets like it's normandy. Civilized, still I'm wise but disorderly. Living life outside the law like I ought to be. They all fall in line and go act accordingly. They all sound the same on recordings, they boring me. You sleeping on the kid, wake up the beats, why you snoring? Handy with the skill, regulate like warranty keep you in check and in check like a quarantine keep that respect because my homies be calling me checking time to time i don't reply that be the fall of me jumped in jumped out broken ribs no apology Made up my mind this time i'm all rhyme and grind till i'm free from this wicked life of crime i'ma put it all on the line and the rest on my shrine like a microphone dip then go i'm a shine Made up my mind this time i'm all rhyme and grind till i'm free from this wicked life of crime i'ma put it all on the line and the rest on my shrine like a A warrior, replace I, you need ten of me. A violent mind, searching for peace and serenity. Crooked times, you fall behind, don't get ahead of me. Load eclipse, how I spent all readily. Fire off and explode real heavily. War is hell, but to me it be heavenly. Pouring out, BSOP, Hennessy. Brooke, but in my mind, I'm in the hills of Beverly. Down for the set, yes, the click till they bury me. Fast forward, spit it quick like amphetamines. Blowing up like oxymix with acetylene. Keep it raw. Show respect or get a hold where you're headed. Made up my mind this time. I'm all rhyme and grind till I'm free from this wicked life of crime. I'ma put it all on the line and the rest on my shrine like a microphone. Dip, then go, I'ma shine. Made up my mind this time. I'm all rhyme and grind till I'm free from this wicked life of crime. I'ma put it all on the line and the rest on my shrine like a microphone. Dip, then go, I'ma shine. Let me tell you something, young blood. Every time I hit that stage. I let my whole life flash before my eyes. All right, West Nile, thanks for jumping on the show, man. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. So nice how to you finally talk to you? How's it, yeah, going? No, How's it going, man? It's going pretty good, man. Just living the dream, making music, uh, trying to gather content for the next couple months. We were talking a little bit before we started recording here, but you're uh, planning on doing some touring this summer? Yeah, I'm, I'm um, 
planning a little West Coast run. Like I just spoke to you guys earlier. I'm just planning to do some um, Midwest and like somewhere Michigan, Detroit area. And um, actually I'm planning to do a uh, Southeast Asia tour, which is pretty exciting because I was, I was supposed to go there pre-COVID and then COVID popped off and then there's all these uh, restrictions and all that bullshit. So, you know, I'm finally going to get to go see the motherland. I got uh, my homie, Anise, from the homies for my crew. He's, he's got huge connects in um, Southeast Asia. So, you know, like Razorly Hanger, obviously in the hip hop shit has uh, made a huge following there. So we're going to go out there and just chop it up and just visit some temples and, and also do like two or three or four shows, try to do five. It's always crazy to me, the following that overseas has for hip hop and hardcore. Like it seems to be those two things in particular. Like you think that they're local just to the states and stuff but i know like tons of overseas companies pressing underground hip-hop shit and like every time you yeah, go it, on dude, to find a record it's... like on for sale or something of some underground shit like it's being sold out of germany or something it's crazy it's insane they um shout out to death farm records they uh they put out um the west nile stew bangers wicked life of crime they're actually a all pretty much like metal hardcore label and our their first hip hop release was uh the West Nile Wicked Life of Crime with Stu Bangers and um it was weird. My homie, it's a funny story. We were like drinking one night and we we're like all banged up and I gave him a cassette tape because it just came in the mail that went to my girl's house and I gave him a copy of the cassette tape. He's like, Oh I don't have a copy of the CDs. Like can I have one of these? I'm like, yeah here, you know, whatever. My homie Diego, he he tours with um weed eater and shit. Um okay. he uh he's like all right cool like he puts it in his car, doesn't think nothing about it. And he texts me the next day. He's like, bro, you got to check all the tapes. And like, I'm in my head. I was like, we were like, kind of like blackout drunk the day before, like at this bar. I'm like, check the tapes. I'm like, did I do something wrong at the bar? Like, <laughs> did we steal that? Like, like what, like what happened? He's like, no, the cassette tape that you gave me. He goes, dude, he's like, it's a fucking death metal recording. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm like, Death Farm is selling West Nile tapes. But their death metal, like they got duped up. by accident. Or something. Oh shit! And so that was it was a mistake. It was just one cassette tape. I'm like, bro, you need to save that shit because it'll be worth so much money one day. It was it's only like a West that Nile one? cover. That was only yeah. It was one. It was, it, was, it, was, it was only one. That's it was the so one crazy. that I gave him like randomly. I just pulled it out of the box and gave it to him, and it, and he's like, all right, you got to give me another copy now too. I was like, I got you. <laughs> that's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. That'll definitely be a collector's item down the road. That's no, it. definitely. That like that's like that's like that weird thing. Like if Motorhead put out like an album and there was like, uh, or like a cassette tape or a VHS tape and there was like Japanese subtitles by accident and then it's like, but it's worth mad money because yeah, there's those Japanese subtitles. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? Like some weird shit. So Wicked Life of Crime. How'd you link up with Stu Bangers? Uh, originally, um, I li linked up with Stu Bangers because of my homie Toast. He wanted me to do a track with uh, Pace One and Stu. And I knew a lot of the homies from The Outsiders. Uh, I didn't meet Pace over the years. Pace was, um, at the time, just not around. So this is like when I was going back, fuck, 2021, 19, I'm 37 now, so that long ago. Right so like, it was like that long ago. And then, uh, you know, I clicked up with Pace and then we just like hit it off like peas and carrots and then, uh, the homie went half of me. We got a Stu Bangers beat, and uh, we wrote the song, the first song at my house, and then it just it just went off pretty hard. Just the beat, I, I really fucked with his music and um, his following. Not just him as a producer, like as like his like larger following, and just like his music in general and his producing. I really fuck with his shit. So I uh, I was like, yo, I was like, after we did that, I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm just gonna do a whole EP, like all Stu Bangers beats. So I contacted him and then we clicked up, you know, and we were very friendly and he's super, super awesome, good dude. And uh, we just put, I just put it together like over the course of uh, a year, a year and a half, pretty much. So we had that joint and then another joint and, well, the, I'm sorry, the original, I, I'm, I'm fucking up the story. The original <laughs> song was not a Stu Bangers beat. It was uh, somebody else. I believe it was Berserk. Okay. From oh, Massachusetts. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, so he yeah, so but we did we did that other track, the um not catch a body, uh Fresh Like Dougie. And then we yeah. did the song in the video. So the the uh EP just kinda like just organically happened. Like I'm a big 
I'm a big um, advocate of if it doesn't happen organically and like if I'm not in the studio writing with people, if it's like doesn't happen like that, then it's not meant to be. And like some features obviously at overseas or people in different states, you, you need to, you know, go back and forth with the internet and send shit back and forth. But uh, long story short, yeah, we put it, we, we put it together like that. It just popped off, you know, it was uh, to date, like one of the most uh, successful releases. And um, I'm looking to do more, more, uh, another EP or another maybe full length album in the future. Right now, I just have so much other shit lined up that I'm um, kind of stacked. So I'm just like spacing out my time. Well, that's what caught my ear. And like, well, I started following you on uh, Instagram to begin with. I'm like, shit's like super fucking good. Sounds awesome. Produced well, all that shit. And like you said, we're both fans of Stew Bangers too. Like he only works with fucking decent people. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's not going to suck. And then I was like, wow, man, yeah, shit's he- really good. And then the hardcore that, connection, you know, it all kind of, it's kind of like yeah, where we're it's at. Weird, it's, it's weird, the hardcore hip-hop connection, how it, uh, it's all sort of one small world. The, the um, Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Yeah, the, the, the production on that, shout-outs all the Smoke Studios in Jersey City and um, uh, Don Cheeger, Don Chigro, he co-produced that EP, and um, he's a, uh, a Grammy Award-winning producer. He's... Got a Grammy for a Ludacris album, and you oh, know he's good friends with uh, uh, Beanie Siegel. He's worked on like countless things. I'm not just gonna name drop shit, but he like long story short, me and him just clicked like organically clicked. Other like, I believe my uh, PR guy, shout out to William Cooper, he uh, he plugged us, and then like we just got together, and it was like inorganic, organic, crazy, insane. Like we just vibed, and I'm like, oh, I'm fucking coming back here, like, and it was supposed to be. Um, it was during the beginning of COVID, they opened up their studio and then COVID happened. And obviously, you know, the studio didn't like escalate, but I was one of their first customers to, to go to the studio. And, and obviously it's close to Newark. So like Jersey city, you know, yeah, boom, yeah. boom, boom. They're just like, it's like maybe 15, 25 minutes away, 25 or like 15 minutes with no traffic, 25, 30 with traffic. And like, you know, I just felt like, it's crazy. Like, um, all the smoke studios has this huge smokestack. It's like an old school renovated, um, warehouse, some sort of like, uh, boil factory, not boil factory, like uh, some sort of, some sort of factory. That's like, that's where actually we shot uh fresh, like Dougie. We shot a couple of the videos there as well, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm talking circles. Go ahead. No, 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 it's, you're good, it's man. cool, man. <laughs> that's what we got you here for. It just sounds like they kind of like, is it like they took the old factory buildings or whatever kind of buildings and they just repurpose them or like people move in and turn them into whatever? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just, just like the shit they do downstate. So you put out the record during the pandemic, yeah? Uh, we it's put like it out after the, sort of after the pandemic. Yeah, okay. we, we 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 put out um we put out the West now the West Side Story during the pandemic and um I thought that was a really clever name by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The whole West Side Story thing happened during the pandemic. And uh, we were, uh, at the time, uh, working with Bumpbox, the Boombox company. And yep, my I homie had on a Bumpbox. So, like, <laughs> so, yeah, during, during COVID, there was no, like, live shows or anything. So, prior to that, I was doing the Crimson Twins. Shout out to A-Sharp, another one of my producers. We put out the Crimson Twins, which is West Nile and A-Sharp. And it's kind of... I kind of got washed under the water a little bit, but during COVID it popped off in a sense where no one was putting out music or music videos. So the first day they shut the country down, it was on St. Patrick's day. We were shooting a video in uh Carney at a warehouse the day of, like I got a phone call like, yo dude, this country's shutting down. Like what? They're like, yeah, the country's shutting down. Like, I don't even know if we should do this video. So like homegirl from the video, she hit me up. She's like, baby, like, they're shutting country down. Dude. Can we do that? I'm like, I'm like, are you coming or not? Like, I'll get another girl to come to the video. Like, what's up? Right. Like, I'm shooting this video. Like, I got like fucking my drummer. Shout out to Frank from Razorblade Hand Grenade. He was dressed up like fucking. I had a, I, like, I like made this elaborate. Like, I do all the art directing. I do a lot of the um, the art direction and all that shit and and the writing and the screenplay like for all my videos. So he had like a full uh. Cobra Commander fucking outfit. Like I was like, I like, you know, I dropped a little chunk of money, like balling on a budget type shit. Yeah, yeah. To, like make it sound dope. 
And I'm like, bro, this is happening. Like, you're coming or you're not coming. Like, that's it. Like, you're in or you're out. What's up? So we did that. And then um, uh, shout out to Lord Sear from Shade 45. He did an interview with us right around the same time with the COVID thing. And then uh, I was doing the live shows at the Walmart. And then uh, when yeah, I was mixing one and of mastering, videos. yeah, when I was mixing and mastering the uh, the West Side Story, I was mastering it, I'm sorry, at Prime Prolific Studio down in Kingsburg. Uh, like I'm on my Instagram and I'm looking at my Instagram and I'm just like, you know, just scrolling, whatever. Like I was a little buzzed up and then I see like the post that I posted in front of Walmart during Christmas time. I see like, it's got like 600,000 something, like some viral shit. And then I see Snoop Dogg's thing. And I'm like, ah, oh, it's like a glitch in the matrix. Like, like, like maybe I'm hallucinating right now. And then yeah. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, Snoop Dogg just posted my shit. Oh like, yeah, what? dude. They're like, I, I can't hear, understand. I'm like, Snoop Dogg, D-O-double-G just posted my motherfucking <laughs> video. Like, check it out. And then, like, it went fucking viral. Like, it was like, and it was like, you know, Snoop has full control over his uh, Instagram. He's not like a lot of these other right. Instagrammer, right. Uh, whatever guys. Like, he, like, he saw me in, like, a pimp outfit with, like, a fucking, a pimp coat and gator shoes and, like, a pimp hat. And he's like, who's this white pimp dude, like, swag rapping, like, some gangster shit. And, like, he posted me and then, like, uh, 90% or uh, I'm going to say 70% of the comments were like all positive. Like, yo, cuz you got to sign him up. Like all these people were like, <laughs> yeah. out. And, like anyone that was talking shit, a lot of my homies from the West coast were like, bro, you know who this guy is? Like, this is what, like, like, like the, there's people coming out of the woodworks that I haven't talked to in like 20 something years. Like, right. my boy, Wes. You're like, like, yeah, like, you don't you used know to pick me up anymore. Me. You're yeah, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, right. Like cloud chasing or something. But yeah. Um, I don't know what you guys asked me the question before that, but that that did happen during COVID because, like, you know, I was like very much like, okay, so if corporations can calculate money and take people's money and and stockpile people like farm animals into fucking Walmart, I could go outside of Walmart and like raise some hell and just do a fucking show like mad obnoxious punk rock like street hip hop gangster rock and roll shit like fuck everybody right like because it's like. I, like I did it more or less I didn't do it for cloud or like like recognition I did it more just like yo like I just want to perform I haven't performed in a while and we're putting out all this music and all this content that it was like I was just like fuck it like let's do something and then like I guess you know it, it the COVID did help for a lot of musicians that were doing street performances because it's like you know that one hit that went viral like yo Snoop, like Snoop Dogg I like Snoop Dogg since I was maybe Eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, like the young kid. Like, yeah, dude, me you know, too. Like, he's, yeah, he's this, fucking, it's, it's fucking Snoop Dogg, dude. Like, that's, I don't know. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. No, it's, dude, it's fucking bugged out. It's bugged out. He's like the Willie Nelson of hip hop. Yeah, definitely. That's a t-shirt, Snoop Dogg. He's yeah. like the Willie Nelson of hip hop. It's crazy yeah. to think though, man. That motherfucker has that. like he beat a murder case. Like people forget this shit. Like before he was like Martha Stewart and shit. It, he was it, like a hood ass motherfucker. I was just I, I bought the um the uh, the doggy style CD player. I uh, CD player the doggy style CD, and I had a um a Chevy Impala like four years ago. And I would just bump that shit hard as hell, and I was having like all these flashbacks of being a kid. Hell yeah! But like, like that murder, the case was a gave, uh, murder was the case that gave me yep. was like definite, like like how he was rapping, like yeah, he yeah, was like, the devil, like that shit demons. was so dope. Yeah, dude, that shit's so sick. You got a record coming out with uh, Danny Diablo soon too, somewhere I read. Yeah, yeah, tell us about we're doing, Yeah, we're doing a um, shout outs to uh, Danny Diablo. We're doing a uh, uh, a father and son. It was supposed to be an EP. And then like Isaac's like me, he's just like off the wall with the music shit. Like when he, when he gets on a fucking run, he's just like, all right, next thing, next thing. He's like, yo, let's keep. So we just kept building tracks. And um, he, at the time he was in Jersey City, not too far from my studio before he moved to Milwaukee to the Force Five compound. And he's like, yo, he's like, let's fucking keep going, let's keep making shit, we keep making shit. And um, the whole father and son album idea happened like. I want to say nine or ten years ago not like the album the idea but the father and son shit uh we were on tour in europe and i think it was italy or greece or spain don't remember which one of the places we were country we were in but it was like fucking like ten thousand people there and he just like freestyled it like we're on stage and like he's just like listen up everybody and then like the people that spoke english were listening uh, and then right. he's like i left with his mom in a park in Tompkins square park in 1985 because i'm 37 and he's like and she was addicted to crack and I just left them there, you know, like, and I just want to say like, 
I'm sorry I left you. So he's like, and he's like, do you forgive me? I was like, it's okay. I love you, Dad. He's like, I love you too, son. We hugged on stage. People were like, yeah. Some people believed it. Some people believed it. And Sick Jack and Slam were like fucking hysterically like crying, like like laughing, crying. Like oh, yeah, this is fucking yeah. insane. And the whole tour, they were calling um, uh, Danny, Daddy, Daddy Diablo. Because <laughs> look at Isaac when he was like young. I look like I, I look like Isaac when he was young. We were we, we saw some like, pictures. Like, and, we were looking at a picture earlier, and yeah, we're like as long as as long as he keeps his hat on, it's all good. And he pops his exactly. hat off, and that red hair, boom! It's like yeah, he uh, I actually. I was actually I was actually the one. Not that many people know this. When Isaac recently made the move to um. To Milwaukee, I shaved his head for him. We were like, oh, I was like, nice. yeah, I was like, we're gonna shave your head, bro. I was like, new beginnings. He's like, I don't know if I should do it. And then he like, he called one of our homies, and they were like, do it, bro. It's like new beginnings. Shave your head. We, we fucking shaved his head, and I was like, there was like a um, it's like that right to passage. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. When you grow your head. He was growing his hair on tour for that um, for the show with Kamal from um from Jerky Boys. So he was growing it for that, and another TV show he was working with. So like, that's why he started growing his hair. Okay. And um, you know, like, yo, so it's awesome. I wish you could grow my hair. Like, I'm balding a little bit, but like, it's been almost nine years of like shaving, growing, like cutting, like so. Like, we just fucking buzzed this shit, and I sent we we, we sent him on his way to fucking Milwaukee to fucking to live That's it up awesome. in the motherland. So that video that you guys just came out with is that a song off the upcoming album, or was that already on something else? Oh uh, yeah, that's so, that that song is actually uh. Not gonna be on the upcoming album. That's uh, shout out to Real Wolf. That's on the um the album Nocturnal. Okay. It's on Spotify and all the major streaming platforms. But uh, shout out to Real Wolf, super talented homie from fucking Canada. He's doing insane huge things. Like he's doing the Cool G Rap documentary. He's doing fucking just look re- look up Real Wolf, like real like real to real, like Real Wolf. Yep. And uh, he's, he's fucking his shit is popping like hard body right now. He's Really, um, we were supposed to work together years ago, like almost 10 years ago. I met him through Isaac, Danny Diablo, and uh, we just we finally clicked like a couple of, like recently. So, like, you know, we shot that whole that whole movie in my apartment here in Nork, and uh, it was dope. It was completely like on the fly. We just put it together, but uh, yeah, that song's dope, dude. The song and video's dope. It's actually, it, it would have probably went viral by now, but it got flagged for like nudity and like uh. Whatever the fuck shit fun is, stuff. And he, it, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like like eighteen and up, so like yeah. not everybody can watch it. The last video I watched that you put out was this. Are you talking about it had like few like thick girls with some like fishnet on? That's about it. Or was that for uh, they're just bouncing their asses off? Um, I think it was called White Girl. Or there's a lot shit. of there's a lot of videos with a lot yeah, of girls. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was just I'm sorry. Take it there. Oh, you talking about um. Banging on the side, uh, my yeah. home girl was she had fishnets and that, but yeah. but uh, the the last one was um, with all the I don't know there was like a lot of videos with a lot of girls. There's uh, take it there. That's the song with me and Stu Bangers. That's has quite a few like gothic and punk rock girls. It was like it kind of like gotta be, that's it was just the ra- one. yeah. It was just it was it was kind of random. Uh, my home girl uh, and my girl. I was like I had this like whole scene. It was supposed to be like a light kissing scene, and then it turned into like them making out and then the other girls were like I want to make out with somebody I'm like well if you feel free and comfortable to make out with her you can make out with this person they're like okay cool and then <laughs> it was like fucking insanity like there's like hundred dollar bills like coming off the gun machines like but they fly out and like, yeah. it was like yeah it was bugged out that's funny it was the that shit sounds like so much fun though doing shit like that it is bro so you know what it is it's a lot of work believe it or not like I'm oh, a professional I'm sure, like, I'm sure. Like, that video uh like if you uh shout out to john all i know is goon if you look up all i know is goon skateboard company he he runs that he also has done 80 or 80 to 90 percent of my videos he um he's a fucking mastermind too we we edit together and we um he became a brother over time he's i consider him one of my brothers he's fucking amazing really amazing with the skateboard he's an amazing skater talented skater he should be professional by now, but like now it's so hard to be a professional skater. Like you have to be so fucking technical. Oh, yeah, but his dude. company's fucking dope. I'm wearing his some of his pants right now. They're like half camo, um, Desert Storm half like um, jungle camo with like the embroidered shit. It's dope. I wish I could show you guys. But his company's dope. I don't know where I was going with this, but he helped me edit actually 
to take it there video our other homie shot it i just needed someone that was like more like-minded with the editing process to chop it up because i'm always trying to get it done within a timely fashion and put out good quality work where it's not like uh rushed but also you know i have a vision and it's like it's like an, it's like a crazy person in the scene is how i'm saying like here paint me a picture of a bird and then it's like it looks like a bird that's like bleeding out of its mouth and like its eyes popping out of its head like right, that's right. what i do with my video trying to make it like a pretty bird like something you could hang on your wall but most of the time yeah. it's like completely insane and like gonzo journalism shot it's cool that you're in like you control all that shit yourself and it's like completely your vision you know what i'm saying i like i like that because uh, you don't of, you don't see that time, a lot most of the time it is most of the time i write small screenplays and i try to like briefly kind of sort of piece together um chunks of it where like it's like like it always it, there's always the the uh, video guys vision in there too like i try not to um i've done two videos where uh the white girl video and maybe three videos where I've, i haven't had really too much to say in like the um the editing process i don't know like ever, ever since a, a small child like i'm 37 years old now but ever since a little kid I always wanted to make horror movies and I never was able to be a director or filmmaker for horror movies. So as an adult, you know, became a rapper or young adult into an adult became a rapper. And then I'm able to control my content, my music videos. So it's like, I'm able to put that little bit of piece of play into it, you know? Yeah, and it's yeah, like, for sure. It's always the last second shit too. Like sometimes things don't work out. Like scenes don't work out. Locations don't work out. People don't work out, but, we make things happen on, on the fly, then like sometimes that's the best shit. I'm the same thing with like recording. Like sometimes, you know, like you go to the studio with your shit all written and then like, you know, your producer be like, you know, that's cool, but like maybe you should say this one word like this or space out that one bar like this. And then like that's when you come up with like the most genius shit right, because right. it's like, like within the chaos, like breeds the fucking creativity or some shit like that. Yeah, like pressure creates fucking diamond shit. Yeah, no, 100%. So how did you originally link up with Danny Diablo? I know you so went like, on tour with like La Coca Nostra and the, stuff. The, here's here's a real story, right? So uh, we were at the Holiday of Hardcore. Razorblade was playing a uh, black and blue event in Brooklyn. I want to say it's Brooklyn. I could be mistaken. Anyway, I went up to him and I had these like iron-on Razorblade hand grenade uh, T-shirts. They were like uh, like two hand grenades with Razorblade's arms and Razorblade hands. Like some real simple like like oh, mom yeah. and pop type like heat press shirt shit mm -hmm. yeah. and i had them all prepping i was like i my um my guitar player greg was a huge crown of thorns scarhead fan like i got into that specific thing through that and like the new york hardcore documentary that's how like I, I fucked with it like i wasn't like a huge like huge into it but like they were really into it so anyway you know, they were joking around like, oh, you look like Dan Jabba. Dan Jabba looks like you. You guys look like each other. Like, oh, oh. like they would like go this crack on me. I'm like, I don't look like Dan Jabba. Like, yeah, you do look. And then you fuck with me all the time. But um, anyway, I was at this event and I gave Isaac a shirt and we met prior to this. We met prior to this before that, like at a show where I don't remember, but I believe is the first time we met, like shook hands and I gave him a shirt. Like, Here, my name's Wes. I want to give you a shirt. He goes, oh, thank you so much. And then uh, <laughs> later on in life, I think it was like a year or two later. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, what? I remember you. He was like, you gave me that razor blade hang on your shirt. That was my bedtime shirt because like a three XT <laughs> or something like that. I was like, I'm like, damn, this motherfucker's wearing my shirt as a bedtime yeah, shirt. Yeah, dude, and that's like, dope. I mean, like, it, 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 it's weird. Later on in life, um, you know, I started fucking with the hip hop shit hard. So one of my homies, Joe Goodthings, shout out to Joe Goodthings. He uh, he took one of my demos that I recorded because I I did like a hip hop demo. I want to say around the same time, around like eight or nine years ago, something like that. And he gave it to Isaac and Isaac, uh, Dan Diablo put it in his CD player, whatever. Cause he's like very much a street dude. Like he'll listen to like, like say somebody gives him a CD. Like if it's somebody reputable, but he'll listen to it. Like he'll, he'll want to like hear, like he knows more fucking music than I do, bro. Like he's like tapped into the, yeah, the no, I, crowd. Know, he's, he's, I know he's well he's just, connected he's, in that. He's, he's just, he's just, he's, it's like, it's like a, uh, it's like the orchestra of uh, like the Fibonacci sequence of like hip hop and hardcore. Like he's like, like tapped in. Like he's like, yeah. it's it's like a bloodline. Like it's like, it's like some indigenous shit of like hardcore and underground music. That guy knows more shit than a lot of people and people that you would fucking know anyway. So 
he he gave uh Isaac the uh the demo tape and Isaac heard it. He's like, Yo, who is this? Like, who's this rapping? He goes, That's West, West Nile from Brisbane. He's like, he's like, What? Like he was bugging out. He's like, dude, he's like, he could do this like professionally. He could be a professional rapper. Like he's like, he was like, it's so impressed. So we wound up doing a song together and a Fuck. video and it fucking popped off and went dope. And then um I texted him one day, I said, Yo, I want to do a sticker, West Nile, Dan Diablo. He goes, he goes, dude, Danny Diablo, West Nile, Ill Rock Soldiers. Welcome to the family. It's like I didn't have a choice. It was like, right, right, right. Like, yeah. All right, I guess I'm a part of Ill Rock now. And then that happened, and we went on tour. And then, you know, we became best buds. You know, the, I consider Isaac a big brother as well, like uh, a huge inspiration on my music shit in life. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a you know people see him as a scary guy or you know, like. A guy that might have beat up your friend, but deep down inside, he's a wonderful heart. And deep down inside, he's trying to help people, and he's an amazing person. And I have nothing bad to say about that man. You know, like he's he's helped me a, a lot, like helped me in my pave my path with the hip hop and hardcore. Give me like more confidence as well, like to do sh- more shit. Cause it's like you see someone else that's an underground hardcore hip hop guy doing big shit, and you're like, yo, I could fucking, if he could do that, I could do that. And then, yeah, you know, dude, he brought me on tour to Europe. Yeah, on the Violent Voices tour, he brought me out there, and he just cold called me like, "Yo, like, can you come on this tour with me? Like, I need you to be my hype man, and we'll do the ones." I was like, "Can we do the one song that we have?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent." He goes, "I need an answer by tomorrow." So we were like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, felt like, and like it's fucking crazy, bro. It was like, it was like uh, almost like a month touring, like all over Europe, like Italy, Spain, Greece, Budapest, Bulgaria, like, bro, How are you saying no? completely, and he's just like. Cold cock, blow, like boom, like like rocket ship into the universe. We're gonna load it up and go, and like no plans or preparations. He's like, like yeah, there's gonna be plenty of food and play. Don't worry about anything. And like I didn't really worry about anything, but like when we got on the plane, here's a funny story. He was like, what we're gonna say is we're going to see friends in Europe that are doing some shows. I'm like, what? Like I had like a bag full of merch. We're going into like uncharted territory. Yeah, yeah. Now you got to think like we're going to fucking Europe. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not going to like Wisconsin. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. like, no, no, no. Like, what we're gonna say is we're gonna we're seeing friends that are are doing music. Uh, we'll figure it out when we get there. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? He's like, because you need a visa to go. And I'm like, oh fuck, man. So like we're crossing over into like the border of Germany to go to another country. And this dude from Germany, like, looks like some big, like, Gestapo, crazy fucking German guy. He's like, what is your purpose here in Germany? I'm oh, like, shit. Uh, um, I'm like, we're here to see, like, friends. So he stamps my passport, and I walk through, and he's like, no, 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 you're in the wrong place. So the guy crosses out my passport. I was in the right place. So we had to go back through the oh, thing, uh. and the guy, like, the guy, like, just laughs and, like, stamps it again. And, like, it's in my passport, the cross out. I should take a picture of that. <laughs> but uh, it was cool, bro. The whole tour was like complete chaos and disorder and like fucking rock and roll gangster, punk rock, hip hop shit. Like, you know, I I um personally didn't know. Um, I knew I knew of Sick Jackin. I didn't know his music and I became a fan on tour. Same thing with Slane. Like I knew maybe one of his songs, but I became a fan on tour. And, uh, you know, I was hype manning for everybody. And there was, a, I, they were like, I'm not like jerking myself up, but they were like, bro, you're like one of the, like the craziest hype mans we ever saw. Like, you're like a crazy monkey on stage. Like, you're fu-. Like, it was like 10,000 people. I'm like, let me hear a fucking damn Diablo. People were like, yeah. I was like, I don't even fucking hear you. Let me hear a for Danny Diablo. People were like, yeah. Like, yeah, like, dude. Like, like, I would like, I would pump it up to the next level just because, like, it was my first run. You know right. what I mean? Like, I've never been out of this case before. You know what I mean? And, like... Yeah, you want to make the, a good first impression. And, and then the love, bro. The love in Europe yeah. is just like, oh, bro, it's fucking bananas, bro. In a perfect world, I'd fucking move over there. No, dude, it's, it, it's pretty crazy. That was the... That was La Coca Nostra and Slane and all that that you were on tour with at that time, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it was it was just lame. It was just lame from the coconut. Oh, okay. It wasn't all the whole group. Um, what other countries have you toured in since then? Or has that been? I know you said you wanted to do Southeast Asia, and I mean, like you st- you said Michigan and Southeast Asia. <laughs> yeah, you're all and over those the are place. like way two different spots. Yeah, they're like like where do you want to go? Uh, Southeast Asia, Michigan, no big deal. No, um, we uh, I- I'd like I'd like to tour Europe again. Um, to be honest with you, like. Shout out to homie Chubbs. Uh, he's on. He's on my new album. He was just on tour with Westside Gun. 
in uh, Sweden or some fucking European country. No disrespect. I don't remember which one it was, but uh, yeah, like I, I want to tour all over the world, man. I want that to be a, a full-time gig. Like, you know, right now I just, um, it's a money thing. You know, I, I, I do the music because I love to do it. You know, I make small increments of money off of merchandise, uh, very fucking little bit on streams. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's time you spend into it. But this year is going to be the financial independence year where I like, I like just switch over to that fully because it's starting to pop off harder and harder. And um, Southeast Asia, I want to do uh, the Violent Voices tour was uh, Italy, Spain, Greece, Budapest, Bulgaria. There's so many fucking weird countries. If you look, if you look up the Violent Voices tour, it's like they were, we're in like 20 something countries or something, or like 15, 16 countries in like fucking three weeks, which is fucking insane. Because like, sorry, I'm cursing a lot, but uh, oh, you it's just we do insane. It it's, it's insane because it's like, like when I first got back to Jersey at my old condo that I was living at, my ex-wife, like I woke up um, when I got back from tour and I was in my living room and I woke up like in the middle of like a dream. And I woke up and it was pitch black in my apartment, was sleeping on the couch. And uh, I'm like, what fucking country am I in right now? <laughs> and then like, I, I saw like my TV and like the the fucking, the, the skylight with the window. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm in Jersey again. I was like, like deep breath. I was like, this is fucking insane. Like that, that's a, that's a really crazy experience. Like when you're waking up in a different country in the Mediterranean, like 90% of the time, I have my own hotel room. I have my own fucking, you know, condo or, like we split it with uh uh shout out to DJ Rizai. We, we we split it with uh him and the homie Bacardi. Like they, we were like the three like underdogs. DJ Rizai is the original DJ from Psycho Realm. But uh like he just came back around again, started doing like like torn shows and DJ and uh Sick Jack and set. So like we just became best of friends. Like, you know, like like they fuck with my energy, like I'm not like some jerk off like I don't act like a rock star. Like, like we were acting like rock stars, but I don't act like that. Like when it comes down to like the, the titty nitty gritty shit, like I'm, I'm just a regular street guy. So like we just vibed, all of us vibed and uh, it was bugged out, dude. Like we were waking up like in fucking like in the Mediterranean, bro, like on balconies. Like I'm like, yo, what the fuck just happened? I remember one specific story we were in. Um, they flew us to Ibiza for one day to do one show and there was like fucking 50 people there, 60 people there. Like there wasn't many people there. It was like that one show specifically was poorly promoted. But um, we were like on this fucking, uh, this, this is called the White Beach Club. And it was like, there's like models like tanning like 30, 40 feet in the distance. And like the, uh, they were bringing out like lobsters and like steaks and like bottles of champagne and wine. And I'm just like, I like look at Sick Jack and I'm like, yo, did I just make it? He's like, yeah, you could say that. <laughs> dude, it what sounds like fuck? some like I'm James not... Bond movie shit, you know? Dude, it, it was weird. It was weird. I'm not going to talk about the dudes that were there that were like, shout out to, to the promoters from that show, but it was like some weird like uh, movie, uh, like Scarface type weird shit. Like, I was, like, <laughs> I'm like smoking my cigarette. I'm like, did I just fucking make it? And he's like, you can say that. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> That's dope, man. It's all um, about what making it means no, to what's, you. I don't... What's the release date for that um, Danny Diablo Big Brother? Oh, uh, right brother? now it's kind of up in the air. Uh, we're uh, in the process of the mixing and mastering. The album is fully done. All the vocals and everything is done. Um, the release date is some sort of uncertainty right now because we are uh, working on the kinks. We um, we have the album cover done. We have all the music done. We just have to get it mixed and mastered and pressed up. And I can't talk about who's pressing it, right. but they're pressing vinyls, I believe, and they're putting out an E Train uh, Force Five Records, I believe. And also, another another label's putting it out. But uh, I'd say sometime this year, before the end of this year. Okay, cool. Because I can't wait to hear that, man. Oh, it's fucking dope. It's it's dope. It's a it's a really dope album. There's like uh, there's quite a few songs in there that are like definitely bangers. They're they're uh, shout out to Chrome Beats by Chrome. He did most of the beats on that. And uh, actually, Greg from Reasonably Hang Grenade did some guitar, and uh, Don Cheeger did some beats and orchestrated one of the beats for the the album. But uh, it's fucking dope. It's fire, man. So, Razorblade Hand Grenade, you've mentioned it a few times. I mean, just for the people listening who may not be familiar, like, tell us about that project. Yeah, Razorblade Hand Grenade was like a, a project that was a band that was um, my first 
I guess you could say uh, it was kids I went to high school with that became brothers that were brothers in high school too, but became yeah, brothers yeah, yeah. in a sense as adults. And uh, yeah, Race Blade Hand Grenade is me on vocals, Frank, uh, Frank the Tank on drums, OG Greg on guitar, and Sean Ogden on bass. It's pretty much uh, I was doing hip hop full time, and then uh, my pops brought over. OG Greg to the warehouse. I was living in a warehouse in Nork at the time, and he brought OG Greg over. I'm like, what the, mother- what the motherfucker doing here? Like, what's Greg doing here? He's like, oh, I brought him over. Like, I found him on the street in Union at the house because he remembered Greg from like my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then like we just kicked it off and we started doing like some like body count type hip hop hardcore shit with like keyboards and like uh, Casio drum type shit. And then it was a joke. And then. Uh, we put together an EP, me, Greg, and Frank, and then I believe Greg played the bass on the recording. It was a reel-to-reel recording called Living Life, and it just popped off, dude. It was, like, in MySpace days, so, like, there was, yeah. like, kids in the city, like, in Brooklyn, like, the kids that became hipsters. They were, like, at the time, they were the hardcore and skinhead and punk rock and hip-hop kids at the time, but uh, there was, like, house parties with, like, five, 600 kids, like, bumping, like, the Living Life documentary uh, uh, demo. And uh, it just popped off in the early 2000s. Like, it definitely uh, popped off. It was uh, it was big in the early 2000s and still iconic. And I still we still played a show recently with Murphy's Law, but uh, everybody's married. They have kids, so that's why we're doing other things. To You know, that's why I started doing hip-hop more as well, because, you know, you could tour or you could travel and do shows with just a flash drive. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, you don't need a whole road crew to But we put out we put out multiple albums of Razor Blade, and I would love to see. We actually, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to like, you know, uh, cut it down because uh, we we were supposed to put out another uh, little EP thing, but it's like unofficial. It's just you know, right now we're focusing on the hip hop shit. And Greg from Razor Blade Hand Grenade and Dean from No Redeeming Social Value, we're doing uh, the Brew Crew. Which was uh, it's like a hardcore hip hop Beastie Boys type shit, and it was totally by accident, sort of, not really, but I, <laughs> I knew I knew Dean from Never Demon Social Value. We all knew Dean from a while from doing hardcore shows, and then he was obviously I stopped doing as much hardcore shit, and he started following my hip hop shit more, and like the became crew? like a fan. Yeah, the Brew Crew. Okay. I just put out a video. If you look up the West Nile under the W E S N I H I L on YouTube. We put out the uh, Malt Liquor Mission. Uh, oh, yeah, we watched that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, like, kind of, like, where it goes to. And then, like, we were like, yo, fuck it. Like, let's just do a whole EP because, like, it's weird because, like, same shit. Like, me and Greg, like, out of all the New York hardcore bands, like, one of the New York hardcore bands that I looked up to the most, that we all looked up to the most, were, like, no redeeming social value as, as like, youngsters, like, 16, yeah. 15, this and that. So, like, as an adult, to be able to do a, a full, like, side project with Dean, and Dean's a fucking... Another amazing human being, not a bad bone in his fucking body, like super fucking sweetheart. And we all just clicked. Like we just, it's a long story, but a short story, but like we all just fucking clicked like super hard. And then we just did that. It's ironic how that shit happens, man, throughout life. These people you look up to and then they're, you know, you think they're one way, like you said, even about like Isaac or whoever. And then they're just like totally something else. They're they're some of the nicest people that you ever encounter in the world. Some of the worst people we are, if if you encounter us on, on a different perspective and are not a nice person, but if you if you if you're a, a gentleman and you're just trying to show love, like some of the they'll bend over backwards, give you the shirt off your back type of guy, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I got I, we got uh I got a timestamp. I got like five or six minutes left. If um okay, not to cut shit short. No, I'm you're just, good. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm a little bit of a timestamp. You're good. We got uh like two or three easy, quick questions to go. Being that you're from New Shoot Jersey, em. I wanted to ask like, who's your favorite rapper out of New Jersey? I know mine, but oh, man, I need to guys, know yours. You guys are asking pretty offensive questions. I was just my favorite rapper. My favorite rapper out of New Jersey. I uh, can I say two? Yeah, you can get to it. I know it's hard to narrow it down. So, um. I definitely gotta give it, and just not just because I'm like, not just because he's my homie, you know, not just because he's a considered brother of mine, but, you know, one of the dopest MCs out of New Jersey. The fucking Pace One from the Outsiders. Shout out to him. That's my homie. Love that man to death. He's a man of God. Solid fucking person all around the block. And uh, I wanna say uh, Tretch, Naughty by Nature. I would love to do yeah, something with him. Yeah, future. He's like one of my naughty by nature is one of my uh, 
He was Minoy by Nature, one of my favorite hip hop groups that I came up on. Yeah, coming out of Jersey. Tretch is incredibly underrated. It'd be cool for you guys to bring the machete back. Ah, oh, dude, yo, it's so fun. The machete with the fucking the bandana wrapped around the hand yeah, with the yeah, car yeah, hearts, yeah. like, yeah. like that's so like, oh man, it's like it's almost tribal in a sense, you yeah. know. Definitely. Yeah, I love Naughty by Nature. Uh, Redman, I think, takes the cake for me just barely, but it was a toss-up between Redman and Tretch. And, I mean, even Queen Latifah. Like, I love Queen Latifah, Poor Righteous Teachers, all that well, shit. Well, shout, shout, shout out to Queen Latifah, too. I, we were saying, and just MCs in general, I should have gave her a flower, but Queen Latifah also is uh, one of my favorites. I, there's so many from Jersey that, like, there's just the first, like, two people that right now, like, you know, you guys just shot them out me, so yeah, no disrespect yeah, yeah. goes I, know, I, put, I put you on the spot there, so yeah. <laughs> it's all shout good. Out, shout out, rest in peace. Shout out to the homie Team One, man. We were supposed to do something before he passed away, and he um he did a song called uh, um Forever Biting. Uh, there's there's a song on one of the A Sharp Earl Smashington um EPs. If you look up A Sharp Team One T A M E O N E, bro, one of the dopest fucking hip hop songs that I've heard like old school that's like new school that's like that just it didn't even like it didn't even go as far as it should have went but shout outs to fucking Tame One like I, I I've dropped off merch to his crib before and shit and he's one another wonderful human being like rest in peace but that's that's another person that I would I would have liked to work with and uh, we were supposed to work something out but um, you know time didn't permit that alright I got another question questions what's something you listen to that nobody would expect you to listen to based on you know based on like um you know obviously you're a rapper uh how you look like they're gonna think that oh he listens to crazy music but what do you like what's a guilty pleasure we ask uh, everybody taj mahal i love taj mahal nice. i love i love a lot of old school uh dr john i love okay. uh a lot of, i'm into a lot of spiritual shit a lot of people don't know but i'm a spiritual person i love um a lot of Lakota healing music. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm into that people wouldn't expect from me. But uh, old school, um, old school New Orleans type shit. Uh, old school jazz, funk. Uh, I love. Uh, I'm a big fan of Prince. I'm a big fan of Rick James too. Oh yeah, we are too, man. I'm reading Rick I got, James's I got, book actually, right I now. Yeah. Like fucking like. I went to a record label here and um, a record label, a record store here in Jersey. A couple months months ago with uh with Greg and I got like five fucking Rick James albums, the cassette tape, and like something else for like under twenty dollars. Yeah, that's like, a yeah, score, man. dude. That's a score. Hell yeah. So one more related to New Jersey. I seen you on a video one time with Stickman from Fury of Five. By chance are you a, are you an E Town Concrete fan by chance? Believe it or not, no disrespect towards E Town Concrete. Um we've played with them before. Mm-hmm. And yo, I love you guys so much. Please don't fucking crucify me, but I'm really not a fan. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you one lyric off the top of my head of E Town Concrete. We played with E Town Concrete three, two to three or four times. I don't remember like sold out shows. Yeah, I just my, my bass player, huge E Town fan. My drummer, huge E Town fan. I just personally never got into it. I don't know why, because I was um. When I was younger, when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, when I first got into, like, hardcore, yeah, I was into hardcore, like, UK82 shit. I wasn't into the uh, New Jersey hardcore shit. So I didn't go to New Jersey hardcore shows, really. I went to a couple here and there, but um, I was more into, like, the UK82 and, like, New Jersey was, like, Pogo Punk, like, uh, Blank 77, Dulce Doom. Like, it was different. It was a different time. It was, like, it almost looked like England in, like... Do you know what I mean? In New yeah, Jersey, it was yeah, weird. Yeah, so yeah. I never. That's a, that's an honest. That's a, an honest answer to an honest question. No, hey, actually, Fair I enough. I appreciate the honest answer because a lot of people would just be like, "Yeah, yeah, they're from New Jersey. They're cool." Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna like lie and dick ride right. and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love you." Do I love their music? I yeah. The There's time so play much with them, music, I've heard though, them man, play, shit. and they're fucking. They're they're amazing. Shout out to Anthony. You know, like they're they're a fucking great great band. You know what I mean? They're fucking amazing. And I've I've seen them play multiple times and I've heard them when we they played with the hip hop hardcore inspiration. But my hardcore hip hop inspiration has nothing to do with their right hardcore hip hop inspiration. You know, like there's no there's no there's no correlation on my side. Maybe my bass players riffs, maybe something that he's made up. He he's been inspired. I can't speak for him, but 
Um, in my on my part, no. Oh, on the Naughty by Nature thing, Ryan, you did sell a Naughty by Nature album today. In case you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Short, shortly before that we started this, I sold Naughty by Nature in 1993. Oh, really? Which had been sitting That's here dope. like longer than it should have, but you know it's slow time when it's cold out here. Dude, so. 1993 is a fucking good year, dude. Like, like, yeah. that, like the the nine the 90s. I'm like, I get like, oh yeah, I get all like excited. It's Warm weird. and fuzzy. Oh, it's like the, yeah, it's the, the golden era of hip hop to me is uh, yeah. all throughout the nineties. Both of us. And it's not it's not really like it's not even like it is the golden era of hip hop. It's just like it's not like nor here nor there. Like you can't like Right. I hate to like pigeonhole like and like say, Oh, this is the that is the this is the but to be honest with you, in reality, that was the golden era of hip hop. That yeah. was the golden era of hip hop and I feel like there's another resurgence of golden era hip hop right now. Like so, oh, yeah, like for sure. With like the West Nile, with the West Nile, doing, like you guys that doing are, your stuff. People that are in their yeah, exactly. People that are in their late thirties. Yeah. Like that early grew 40s, up on that like, shit. Yeah. They're appreciating it. Yeah, and, and 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 it's like it's it's coming back heavy, and it's like the people that maybe that were making music that are making music now that are like doing shit are like. We're like making waves, and I like I, I like to be like you know what I'm pretty proud of that because there's a huge uh, not only like uh, um, uh, a following of like older gentlemen and young ladies that are that are uh, older young ladies or older young gentlemen whatever <laughs> that are like listen, that are listening that are listening to it but like uh, people that are making it and it's like my fan base at least is like it's it's definitely timeless like you know there's like just like Razorblade like Razorblade hand grenade like you know we, we were doing hip-hop hardcore at the time it was like like people weren't doing that shit since like biohazard that people could like actually do hardcore and rap and not just like do both but it sounds corny because like yeah, yeah. again i'm not like fucking being like oh our shit is dope but like our shit was dope like i was actually like straightforward like just wanted to do rap you know like i like i was done with like the hardcore punk rock shit like I, everything works in a circle so then you go back and forth like i moved i moved back to nork uh, one of my last two years of high school and I was living in the warehouse and like was like full emerged back in the hood. Like it was like I was never left the hood, but it was like, boom, like you're like squatting in a warehouse. And now like, like, you know, Salvation Army, like buying flannels, like that's what, you know, like you're going to like that's you didn't have a lot of money for clothes. And like like the Cypress Hill shit, like people that style the West Coast style, people like, you know, you look like you're from the West Coast. That's just because when I grew up, that was cool and cheap. Like I used to wear my dad's khakis and cut the bottoms off and wear the fucking it was very skate and hip hop and punk rock. And like it was all like mixed and mashed. I was like as an adult, of course, you're going to transcribe that. They'd be like, okay, like I'm gonna wear this because like it's 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 a sign of pride into your community and like the hood. But like you're wearing something that's like it could be confused as Chicano or hip hop or Hispanic or black or or white. It doesn't matter because it was in, in the '90s. It was all mashed in and and mushed together. So like there was no like differential. Like I feel like. In the in the late 2000s, 2022, like they're trying to like separate people into proportions and and uh, and and divide our communities and divide our culture. Where it's like, bro, like hip hop, hardcore, punk rock, hip hop, yeah. rap. It's one oh, big family. Yeah, it's just dude. one fucking thing, bro. It's one thing. It's like stop trying to fucking negate from the fucking truth, bro. Like we're all not trying to fucking be like you, man. Like this is like at the end of the day, it's like. It's all love, you know what I mean? And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, and it came from the same, like, the same stomping grounds. I mean, it came from struggle. It was street kids trying to express themselves and get out of the shit they were in, like, both hip-hop, hardcore, punk, all of it. A thousand percent. But all right, man, I know you're on a timestamp, so uh, we'll let you get going here. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to jump on the show and even going a little longer than we had originally planned. But I also thank you, and... uh... Thank you, old lady, for uh, letting you do this. <laughs> yeah, especially thank, on your yeah, anniversary you of all days. <laughs> she, she gave me the time, and she's like, you got five minutes, babe. Yeah, she's but she's like also, pointing she's at her also, watch. She's also, she's also like my photographer manager, so it's like when like your photographer manager, professional, like PR writer person yeah, yeah. also says, yeah. like, yo, you got the, you got like, 
it keeps you on your P's and Q's. So it's, you know. She's symboling you to wrap it up. <laughs> She's like, oh, come on. But all right, man, I appreciate it again. Uh, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram or whatever when you're coming to Michigan. We'll try to make it down. And, uh, we'll all right, definitely. Yeah, up. we'll do that. And um, when I get off here, uh, do me a favor. Shoot me um, your guys' address and your shirt size, and I'll shoot you out a little package. All right, man, we'll do it. Go follow W-E-S underscore N-I-H-I-L at Instagram, West Nihilistic. Uh, West Nile on Facebook, West Nile on West Nihilistic 21 on Twitter, I believe, and West Nile, the YouTube page, and and go fucking follow me and shout outs to fucking you guys. Much love and respect. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I'll put all appreciate your you, links man. in the description of the episode for everybody so they got easy access to it. But much appreciated, man. Thank you again. Keep up the good much, work. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate it. Good chopping up with you guys. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Y'all have a great day. You too.